Hello and welcome to the Baggies broadcast, episode 21. Uh, I'm Luke Hatfield and as always I've got a guest with me. This time it is not our regular West Brom correspondent. If you tuned in last week you'll know why he's living it up in Sri Lanka at the moment. We have however got a very able deputy, uh, Mr Joe Edwards, who filled in for Matt Wilson at the weekend. Yes. Joe, how are you? Um, I'm alright, I'm alright. It was a long day on Saturday, mm. but I'm okay. It, Going down to Bournemouth, it's a, it's a bit of a long journey. Fair play to the Albion fans as well who made the journey. Uh, unfortunately, there wasn't the result to warm spirits on a very, very cold day. That mm. is possibly... The coldest day of the season? <sighs> possibly the coldest match oh, I've really? ever done. We shared, we shared a game at Shrewsbury a couple, of weeks, a couple of months ago. That was pretty nippy. I mean, that was it's, a struggle. Uh, the... The Bournemouth Stadium's a bit similar to that. Mm. Bournemouth seems more enclosed, but the kind of stands go up in such a way that you're kind of open to the elements. Yeah. You know, snow falling on your laptop and yeah, just generally really, really cold. Brass monkeys. Yeah. Luckily, I had my Wenger-style coat on. Oh, yeah. I've seen you rocking around the office for that, mate. Wenger-style coat on, bobble hat, fingerless gloves, scarf. Fingerless gloves, if you're a journalist. Key. Essential. Essential. Because, you know, you want to keep your hands warm, mm. but you want to be able to type. Yeah. If, you're, if For any uh, budding journalists out there, if you're listening, fingerless gloves are a must-have. Yeah, they definitely are. I, I actually got my girlfriend to buy me a pair at Christmas. Just, just, just how important they were. They've actually got like, these little mitten fold-overs as well, so when it's really cold, I can throw the mittens on and then just restrict my typing, so it's always pretty good. You were down the seaside, of course, Joe. It was a very long day for you. We were discussing before we came on air that you left at nine in the morning, didn't arrive home till after midnight. Yeah. If I really would have put my foot down, it could have been a bit you know, shorter of a journey. I left at about nine in the morning. Mm. Um, I kind of live Warsaw way. So I set off at nine in the morning, couple of stops, got to the ground for about quarter past one. Mm. Um, and then with, with us, it's either, you either go home and do your work for, yeah. for Monday's paper. That's what I usually do, but this time around, and fair play to the staff at Bournemouth as well for keeping the press room open. Um, actually did all my work there, mm -hmm. um, left, at, left the ground at about nine o'clock, um, a, a stop on the way back, and with a bit, bit of snow as well, oh, yeah. it was falling down but by that point, taking it a bit easy, got back at about uh, half past midnight, so a long day, but an enjoyable one as well, um, yeah. you know, despite it not being a great result. Uh, very nice, uh, friendly people down at Bournemouth. So, yeah. uh, thanks very much to them. Yeah, you've done well to cover up the fact that you went to the beach, got an ice cream, and rid a donkey as well. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I wish. Yeah, I wish. Uh, the, I mean, the actual ground's not really in Bournemouth. It's about four miles out, mm. actually in Boscombe. Oh, um, right. So, I don't know if any Albion fans went for a drink there, but um, I went down to the seaside. But uh, no seaside for me, unfortunately. No, well, that's a shame. Uh, and you know what else is a shame? West Brom. It's the same old story, Joe. We've uh, we've discussed this many times this season. West Brom starting well, frustrating the other team, getting a goal up, and then of course throwing it all down the drain. Yeah, I, I was I was really kind of rooting for him as well. You know, seventy five minutes, and I mm. thought, fair play. They, they hadn't done. They haven't really put a foot wrong. Mm. Um, they were obviously not having a lot of possession of the ball. Um, 
Lewis Cook in the middle of the park for Bournemouth. He was having a lot of the ball, as was Dan Gosling. But they weren't really doing a lot with it. There was mm. a lot of sideways passes and the crowd were really getting frustrated. Um, Albion were just kind of seeking long balls. They didn't, uh, didn't have a lot of short, sharp passes, but they had Salomon Rondon and Jay Rodriguez as the front two. Yep. And the Arnus was kind of on Jake Livermore and Cody Ayakob to do the harrying and then Chris Brunt to just kind of spray balls over the top. Mm-hmm. It was working. Um, Albion, as I say, were having a lot less possession of the ball. Yeah. But they were looking just as threatening. And um, just after the break, they get the goal. Really well worked. Something seemingly straight off the training ground. Um, Kieran Gibbs crossing crossing to Rondon, nodding it down for Rodriguez. Good finish. Mm. And um, 75 minutes comes and Johnny Evans needs to be taken off. And just a lack of def- defenders on the bench to, to come on for him. It just astounded me, really. Yeah. Um, we've had Ali Gabba come in in January. Um, I don't know what's going on with him, by the way. He hasn't featured a minute. I mean, I know there were, I know there were <sighs> issues when he first came with his work permit and stuff like that, but to not even see a minute on the pitch, it just, it's very, very strange. It just seems like it's, to me, it just seems like doing uh, keeping Amadegazi sweet. Mm. <laughs> yeah, like, it just seems like, oh yeah, we'll bring him out in. Because yeah. I mean, at the time, I think there was some, I don't know how true he was, but there was some kind of talk of other clubs being interested in Agazi. Yeah. And um, he was like, oh yeah, we'll bring him out in. Mm. Um, but the, but at the same time, he has played for Egypt, isn't he? International, and you'd feel like he'd have something to offer, but yeah. he just didn't feature at all. Neither did Gareth McCauley, and I know Gareth McCauley's aging, but mm-hmm. you'd like to think that he could be on the bench. And he was a massive player from last season. I mean, he massive, scores a lot of goals, and he's been a massive player for for years. And you know, maybe this season has proved us perhaps a, a season too far. Mm. But um, he's a, he's a good player. And um, to not have him on the bench and then bring on Matt Phillips for for Johnny Evans, that's when it all kind of unravelled. And mm. I know Ben Foster should have saved the shot, but it was no coincidence at all that as soon as Evans went off and Ringo was brought on, then it all kind of fell apart. Yeah, I mean, we you've just discussed that Foster mistake. You should be saving that, really. I mean, it's a very speculative shot from... I but I know it's, it's it's. I mean, maybe you're slightly unsighted for it. I mean, I've seen the highlights. Watch goals on Sunday, um, obviously on the Sunday morning. Yeah. But he should still be getting there. I mean, it's hard to it's hard to judge someone who's been such a good servant for Albion for so long. But yeah, it's one of them. It's the last mistake you want to make in the situation West Brom are in, isn't it? Yeah, it's keepers have those days, I suppose. It's mm. part and parcel of being a goalkeeper. You have those off days, and you know Foster has a lot more better, you know, good performances than bad ones. Uh, it just comes at a bad time. Really, in the grand scheme of things, it probably doesn't change a lot. Albion mm. already seemed to be on the way down. Um, but yeah, he's he's done he's done poorly on the first goal, mm. and he'd admit that as well. He'd, he'd hold his hands up. He he knows that. Um, it's, a, it's a long range speculative shot from Oib. Not really particularly too much power on it. It's that mm. bounce it takes just yeah. in front of him that kind of you know deceives Foster a little bit. Um, but it, that being said, he should be saving the shot. And you always kind of see with them kind of goals. I think it's the elements of surprise that sometimes catches mm-hmm. keepers out. So nobody really expected I to have a crack from thirty-five yards. It just shows that any kind of attacking player, it, it's 
it's worth it, you know, it's worth having a crack. Yeah, that's it. Um, but bear in mind, I mean, there's, he's at fault for the first one, but the second one, Joe, mm. that one is right out of the top drawer, isn't it? I mean, I watched it, and from a broadcast angle, I thought, for a second, oh, should Foster get there? And you watch the replay from behind the free kick. There's no way you're saving that. You could probably have two keepers in the goal, and it's still going to trouble them. Yeah, you talk about that broadcast angle. It's, it's funny because sometimes you can see a goal live, and think, crikey, that, that's that's a, an amazing goal. I remember mm. going to a Spurs game, randomly, a few yeah. years back at Swansea. That was another long day. But um, Christian Eriksen scored a free kick on that day. Mm. And I was behind behind the goal for that. And I watched it go in. And I thought, that is the best goal I've ever seen. I thought, that is complete stanchion, mm. unsavable. Watched it back on Match of the Day. And I thought, the first question I asked was, what was Lucas Fabianski doing for that? Yeah. <laughs> but but the, it, it is a kind of like role reversal this uh, standing slash free kick because you you watch, I watched it back yeah I watched uh, goals on Sunday like you did and uh, I thought that didn't actually look as good as it did in person mm. and it kind of looked a question that Foster could have got something on it yeah but um, having been there and having kind of I was kind of looking diagonally towards it he didn't have a chance yeah. And uh, Stanislas had gone close on a few occasions before that from free kicks. He's a real kind of set-piece expert. Um, mm. He's a player bang on form for them as well. I think, yeah. he's, I think he's got four in his last seven for him now. He's had a bit of a renaissance. Um, so he was always going to be somebody for Albion to look out for. He didn't really have actually much joy with the ball at his feet. Mm-hmm. Neither did Ibe, really, for the main part. Uh, Kieran Gibbs and Alan Neon did all right. Um, Gibbs probably more so. But, uh, yeah, those speculative efforts, having cracks from distance, proved uh, effective. Yeah, and we discussed this in a video we just recorded, which will be out later on this week. It just does show the luck, the bad luck which Albion have had. And I know we've discussed this before. It's not all bad luck. I mean, Albion are in a position, they're in that position because they've they've not done the job. But goals like this, they haven't been cut open. No. It's not like there have been any golden chances which Bournemouth have, have taken. These are These are goals which on another day or in another season wouldn't be going in. Yeah, it tends to be the tends to be the theme, doesn't it? When you when you're at the bottom you tend to be low on luck as well. Mm. It was the matter with the goals and then Matt Phillips comes up comes up with an header literally last kick of the game and he gets yeah. cleared off the line by Charlie Daniels. Just kind of summed it all up really. Yeah. Um, it's it's a it's a tough pill to swallow because Albion Let's let's be honest. They're in the position through through themselves. It's not it's not them to look. They you know mm. they deserve to be where they are. But um, yeah, a, a point would have been would have been nice. I don't think that, I don't think on the balance of things they deserved all three. Mm. Um, but a point, I think they were probably deserving of. Yeah, and then it was it's good of course. CJ Rod getting back on the score sheet. He's probably been Albion's well. He has been Albion's best goal scorer this season. Yeah. Uh, and it's it's a proper poacher's finish, isn't it? It's something which you do need from him. The key the key thing is now is whether he's around next season because it looks by all intents and purposes that Albion are going to be in the Championship next season. And to be fair to J-Rod, he's not had the best season off the pitch. No. Could it be a matter of him seeing it as a way out and saying, well, we can wipe this slate clean and I can start somewhere afresh? It's one of two ways, isn't it? Either because of everything that has happened off the pitch. The, of course, the uh, alleged uh, right racist incident with Gaetan Bong and mm. a couple of n- niggling injuries again, and you know being shifted out to the left and the right, and 
you know, he's he's had a lot to contend with this season, mm-hmm. um, and he could go one or two ways. He could either think I want to get out of here and prove what a player I am, mm-hmm. or stay the course in the championship, play regularly, play every week, and then come back for come back firing. We'll have to see which one he, he takes. Um, an interesting tidbit is that he went straight over to Eddie Howe mm-hmm. um, after the game. And uh, yeah, I don't know if I'm reading too much into that, but um, I think Bournemouth will be on the lookout for a striker in the summer. Mm-hmm. And they're the kind of side that you'd suspect would take a punt on Rodriguez. Eddie Howe knows the player. He signed mm-hmm. him when he was in charge of Burnley. And we know Rodriguez has got the quality for the Premier League. He's yeah. played for England. You know, he, he looked a good player for Southampton. You know, before that major major injury that yeah. took about, I think it was like about fifteen months. Yeah, he on, didn't. On the he, he didn't look the same player afterwards. Did no, he? and that that performance on Saturday was probably one of his best of the season. Mm. Um, it's just whether he can do it on a consistent basis and whether he can stay injury free. Mm. Um, we'll have to see whether he does that for Albion next season or for somebody else. But he'll have a few suitors just based on. Based on his name value a bit, really, mm. rather than his form over the season, we've seen him do it in the past. Um, you'd like you'd think that a, a Bournemouth or a, you know, a Newcastle or something, if they stay up, mm. they're all looking for somebody to get the goals to to keep them in the league, and they're always going to be looking to better their attacking line. And uh, I think Rodriguez will be, you know, of interest to a few Premier League sides. Certainly will be. Um... We saw Greg Kokoviat dropped. We saw Oli Burke dropped. Uh, were those moves that you agreed with from Pardew? Uh, the Krikoviak ones, it's a strange one because he kind of expressed his desire to move on from it all and then he find the player, believed to be a week's wages, so, you know, 100 grand plus. Yeah, it's not cheap. Not cheap. And we, he didn't react in the right way um, to being taken off, but... I didn't know if I don't know if he really required that course of action. Yeah, I mean, I was there at the game when he was when he was hauled off. And to be fair to Kokoviak, he was one of the players who looked most like doing something. Yeah. He, so he's right. He's right to be angry about being brought up. Yeah. But then at the same time, you've got to respect a manager's decision. And I don't know about you on a Sunday league. If, if your manager <laughs> drags you off, mate, you don't. Uh, you don't. Yeah, you got you have a bit of a sulk, but the you know you. You shake the hand and then have a sulk in a bit of a quiet place, I suppose. Mm. Um, it's it's all right having that fight and fair play to him for having that fight and that passion, but sometimes it's about channeling it in the right way. Yeah. Um, he, put, he, he, did, he didn't on that on that on that occasion, but whether he should have been fined or not, that's that's a, that's another question. But uh, in terms of in terms of Bournemouth, he was of course left on the bench, didn't mm-hmm. come on, and that was after. Pardew said his selection of the player won't be influenced by it all. So it seems a bit of a bemusing situation. Fans can't really wrap their head around it, and understandably so. Mm. Oli Burke also left on the bench after a decent showing against Leicester. Yeah. I mean, we've talked about it before, being raw. Yeah. I suppose going through at the back was probably a big decision. Yeah. Because he's not going to track back, is he? Like, mm. like you know, your Leoms or your Gibbs. No, he's not going to. I mean, we've seen every time he's tried to do defensive work, he's been found, you know, particularly lacking in that department. Mm. Um, yeah, it, it wasn't his game, I suppose. Maybe he'll be involved against uh, Burnley a week on Saturday. Yeah. Um, we'll get on now. Uh, Jay Rodriguez's father actually slammed Alan Pardew not too sure if you saw this yeah. we did cover it in the Express's start um, it's another weird story 
to tell for Albion's season. But is he is he fair in his criticism? I know I know Alan Pardew's not had a good stint at West Brom as a West Brom boss, but is this one where, as a player's father, you should really keep shtun and you know maybe just keep these kind of things to yourself because it doesn't help anyone no. at the club, does it? Doesn't really help, but you can understand where he's coming from. It's mm. perhaps you know something that you say to to Jay in, in private and say, or you know what was what was Alan doing today, rather mm. than do it on a on a on a public forum. But he's only really saying what a lot of people are thinking, um, a lot of fans are thinking. He of course questioned the substitutions of Pardew. The first one, of course, Evans being taken off for Phillips, and. It was enforced, really. Evans, you know, was feeling the effects of an illness. It mm. did did appear to be a strange change at the time, and it was more so that, you know, you can't really fault him for making the change, but you can fault him for not having the uh, adequate defensive cover on the bench. Mm. Um, and then the other change is field for Brunt, which was kind of by the by. I don't think there was anything yeah. wrong with that. But then taking off Rodriguez in the 86th minute, it was at one-one at that point. You take him off for Hal Robson Carnot. Mm. And when when you're in that kind of situation when you've got nothing to lose for Albion, you're chasing all the points that you can get. Have three strikers on. Yeah. And, and I can understand that point. I, you know, they could have took a you know, a Livermore off and and put Robson Carnot on and just gone three up top, long balls into the box and try and get something. Yeah. Um so I can understand why he's he's questioned uh, Pardew's tactics. But again, whether he's whether doing it in a public you know, on on social media, social media on a public forum was the right thing to do. He's, yeah, it's uh, per- perhaps not. Strikes me a little bit of you know when you were about ten years old and there was that one kid on your team who whose dad clearly wasn't happy. He wasn't seeing enough time on the pitch, <laughs> and uh, the poor the poor old coach who's just doing it. You know, he's just doing it for free. You know, he's not making any money from it, and he's he's getting pelters from a parent. Yeah, uh, from the sideline. I mean, he's, I don't yeah. know about you. It just sounds pretty similar to me. He's Getting he's getting pelts from everywhere, isn't he? I suppose at, mm. at the moment, and it's part it's part of the course when you're bottom of the table, you're ten points adrift from safety. Mm. Uh, yeah, whether doing it in the pub- public forum, as I say, was the right was the right thing. I don't know, but really, it's not going to cause a great amount of harm. Mm. I think a lot of fans resonated with what he had to say. Really, um, yeah, it, Albion are already down. And there's, there's 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 worse things than that that have happened this season, mm. of course Barcelona and and things like that. Yeah, it's uh, it's not going to knock Albion off course. I mean, the, the, they're already they're, miles they're, they're already miles course. off course. Van Hemden is going to knock them back on course, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Alan Pardew, we all know he's almost this dead man walking now. Albion don't really want to sack him. I think there's a matter of him not wanting a relegation on his CV, but at the same time he doesn't want to financially, you know. Not ruin himself, but you know there's financial implications there. What, what, um, what do you make of him now? I mean, is it? It's no surprise to him staying in the job, is it? No, and he he, he keeps reiterating that that it won't be his decision. Um, mm. You know, if he's if he's going to go, it's going to be because he's sacked. He's not going to walk away. Mm. Um, it's it's a it's a tough one. He he was asked about the break clause. This you know believed believed to be in his contract that mm. you know he'd be inclined to less of a payoff um, if he's let go at the end of the season or once relegation is confirmed he asked about that in a post-match press conference he just said mm, that's that's not true um, whether 
whether it's true that that's not true, this, mm. it's, I don't know. It seems a very it. strange that that would be the case, because, I mean, I don't know about you, but for me, most managers, especially yeah. in them yeah. kind of jobs where there is a risk that it can happen, is it's almost pre-written into any deal now. Yeah, it, 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 surely if there wasn't something like that, then he would have been gone by now. What would, what would the hesita- hesitation be? Yeah. What, you know, what would be the point? Because he's clearly lost, he's lost the fans, um, you know, some... People could, you know, rightly so question that he's lost a fair few of the players. Mm-hmm. Um, although they did show, you know, more fights on Saturday. So, yeah, it's you have to wonder why, you know, he's being kept on. It just seems to be that it would be best for all parties to move on. Yeah, um, you know, it's harming his reputation. Uh, of course, he doesn't want to give up on any money that he's inclined to, but it is harming his reputation. It's it's harming the baggies. Mm-hmm. It's the so um, it, it would seem best in all part you know in all parties' interest to move on, but it just it does appear that it will carry on until the end of the season. At, at, you know at, at this moment. Mm. And what what kind of mood was he in after the game? Obviously, you know it's an emotional time after a game, but in previous press conferences, he's he's actually been you know fairly outgoing. He's always pretty good with the press. Alan is to be fair to him. He did get snippy after that Leicester game. A couple of questions. Was he was he fiery at all after this one? Uh, snippy at a couple. Um, he was actually quite nice to my questions, which mm. was uh, <laughs> it's always a good, we, yeah. yeah, which was okay. Um, a couple a couple of questions. One about the the break clause. He was a bit snippy. He just said that's not true, mm. and then moved on to the uh, next question. Uh, it was probably about four minutes that he that he spoke to the press for. Not the longest. The press Not the longest, but at the same time, Eddie would you know, his side had won the game, and he was there for about a minute and a half. I imagine with Bournemouth though, they're, they're safe. We're pretty much there. Yeah, you, so don't, you don't see him getting sucked in. What, what is there? Yeah, to talk what's, about? what's really, Yeah, what's there really to talk about? Yeah, and he only really spoke about the free kick and Albion being a tough test, and that was it. That was pretty much done. Mm. Um, yeah, but Alan, you know, from a journalist's point of view. You know he's he's always decent to speak to. He doesn't tend to hide behind cliche, cliches as much as some of some other managers. Mm. Um, he actually does you know say things of interest. Um, he was, but he was a bit more short and sweet, I suppose, than usual on uh, on Saturday. Yeah. Now we've seen um, one of the interesting stories coming out. Uh, Jake Livermore, despite playing for Albion, despite being in the mess that they're in, earns another England call up now. Yeah. I'm not too sure about you. When this when this news broke, I walked over to um, the sports desk. I don't know if you guys know how this works, but I actually work on a digital desk. The sports desk is about twenty paces away from me. The moment the, the moment the England team was announced, I ran over to the sports desk and I, I quickly questioned Mr. Edwards here, saying, um, "It's a bit of a surprise to see him there. Let's let's put it that way. I mean, he's a decent player. I mean, he's he's you know he's he's done a job, but you can't imagine him, especially after the season that Albion have had." Uh, making a trip to Russia? No, and Southgate's been speaking about why he was selected, and it's almost as if you know he he did Southgate a favour, so he's doing him a favour. It was mm. a late call up to the last squad, and I think he was due to go away with his family. Livermore was, and mm-hmm. then he got the call and left them at the airport. I think it was. Oh. So he's kind of rewarding that commitment. Yeah, and um, which you can understand that, and f- fair play t- for doing that. Uh, of course, Livermore hasn't had a great season, and you know, in any other era, 
of England sides, he'd be nowhere near. Mm. But for me, I, I, I said this, I've said this to you, and I said it to a couple of other the, the chaps on the sports desk that this has got to be the worst England side in my lifetime. Mm. Um, midfielders, I mean, midfield especially, midfield especially. especially. Yeah, I mean, you know, in in the twenty one years of my lifetime, this is the worst I have seen England. Mm. Um, just as you think they're getting the defence sorted out, then the midfield shows its gaps, and then just when you think they've got the strikers sorted out, there's there's an uncertainty out of the goalkeeping situation. Mm. No area of the pitch is nailed on, apart from centre forward, probably that you'd say Harry Kane if he's fit, that he's got to play. Harry Kane, Jamie Vardy. Other than that, I mean, you've it's yeah, pretty open, it, isn't it? It's such a lack of top talent the only real one for me that you could consider an elite level player is Kane mm-hmm. um, Ali shows flashes but doesn't do it on a consistent enough basis certainly hasn't done it for England either um, Raheem Sterling as well he's been fantastic for City but went in, in an England shirt he flatters to deceive mm. so the only real one really is Kane that you nailed on for the squad but back to Livermore, there's such a, a lack of central midfield talent these days mm-hmm. that even though he's been included and you'd say, well, he shouldn't be gaining, but who should instead? Yeah, That's that, that's the thing. You could make a case for John Joe Shelby at Newcastle, but he blows hot and cold. And There's and, other questions regarding John Joe Shelby. Well, yeah, yeah. In whether he's the right kind of character to have in the squad, that's that's another question as well. Um you know, Livermore, he's, he's he's a pretty kind of just safe reserve. I don't think he'll he'll play in these in these friendlies coming up. Um, I don't think Lewis Cook will either. Who, of course, lined up against Derby on Saturday. Yeah, it's the first time I've really seen him because when I saw him in the squad, I, I kind of I mean I knew of him, but I didn't realise he was kind of pushing for an England an England spot. Mm. Uh, he <laughs> reminded me a little bit of. Um, Kind of a, a Jack Price who played at Wolves, uh, Albion's rivals, of course, and just kind of he's all right at that short five yard, ten yard stuff. Yeah, um, you know he's got quite fast feet, but when it comes to anything with a bit of incision and making those kind of killer passes, he doesn't really seem to have that in his locker. Mm. Um, so I don't think he'll get in in the side either. It's just that that midfield role at the moment, as, as I say. Such a lack of, of talent. You'd, you'd, you'd probably say they'd probably go for a midfield three of Dyer and Wiltshire as the holders, and then Ali mm. as the more attacking one with perhaps a Sterling in a free role behind Kane. It, because there's no width either. Yeah. There's no real width in the team. So, yeah, I'm not really getting my abs up about England uh, for the World Cup. No, and I might actually play into England's hands, to be fair, because every every tournament it seems that there's pressures on. But it's certainly not the team of France 98, is it? I mean, David Beckham, Paul Scholes, Frank Lampard, Steven Gerrard. Don't quite compare now, do they? All right, Joe, I've got a bit of a segment prepared for you. It's a some, somewhat of a quiz, somewhat of a segment. It's called Higher or Lower. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you a stat relating to West Brom. So I'll give you the first one for free. After that, it's like Bruce's price is yeah, right. Yeah. You, know, you guess it, you get, you guess the card yeah. higher, lower. Uh, and we're going to start with J-Rod's goals this season. He's scored nine. Yes. So, higher or lower, the number of clean sheets Albion have kept in the Premier League this season? Lower. 
Low is right, seven. Seven clean sheets. Uh, a lot of them obviously coming under uh, earlier on this year when they were drawing a lot of games. Under Tony. That's right. Tony Pulis, he does what he does. Um, fans weren't thrilled with it, though. <laughs> that's, that's, <laughs> that's, an, that's an understatement. Yeah, yeah. Let's put it that way. Uh, okay, Chris Brunt, Premier League assists this season. Higher or lower than seven? thought it was the same. You thought it was the same? Premier League assists this season. This isn't lower. Lower. You're right, he's lower, it's one lower, it's six Premier League assists. Uh, must have got one had. in the cup then. Must, must have. have got one in the cup. Didn't Next. pace the other day saying he had seven. Seven. Oh, I must so have. Must, you must, your stat checking is beyond reproach, Joe, so I imagine you're right. It's must Never have ever wrong. Never. <laughs> <laughs> Cue the, uh, the thousands <laughs> of fans to pull out tweets which were completely <laughs> factually incorrect. But Solomon Rondon's Premier League goals. Lower or higher than six? Higher. Wrong. He scored five Premier League oh, goals this shocker. season. Five Premier League goals for oh. Salomon Rondon. Uh, Johnny Evans, Premier League bookings this season. How many times has Johnny Evans been booked, Joe Edwards? Higher or lower than five? Strikes me as a, quite a, you know, a, a well... Kind of balanced, doesn't really lunge into ta- challenges. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say lower. Well, you're wrong, Joe. He's got seven, oh! seven bookings this season. Seven bookings for Mr. Evans. Mm. All right, we'll move on. Matt Phillips. How many times has he been caught offside? This uh, season? more, more, gotta be more, gotta be more. You think? Are you sure? Than the, the what? Seven. Than seven. Matt Phillips offsides. Oh, no. Yeah, go on, we'll get more. You're right. He's yeah, been caught offside yeah, yeah. eight times this season. Just the eight times. Uh, and the last one now. How many times have Albion hit the woodwork in the Premier League this season? More or less than eight. I'm trying to think if they did on Saturday. I'm trying to think. It's a tough one, this one. It's not, I didn't know this stat was actually covered by the Premier League. To be completely honest with you, yeah, it's a, it's a bit of a. It sounds like an Opta stat. This, yeah, does, it's know, a bit of a peculiar, peculiar stat, isn't it? There, I mean, interesting note. I nearly got a job doing stat tracking for a company before I started you? working here. Yeah, I used to. You, they, what they do is they give you like a phone, and you uh, you have to pop in the stats each number. Well, I see, I see them at games. I've, 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 there's a bit of envy there because it, it, to me, I, you know, if if anybody's out there and doing it and. You know, of course, you have to follow the game quite closely, but you know, mm. just pressing a button. That's it. It's, you don't have to worry about a match report after. I'll tell no you match report, no analysis, no post-match reaction, no player ratings. You just press a couple of buttons. Not always in the press box either. I've been when I was when I was going to the Villa quite regularly as a fan. You, I was sat in the whole end, and you, sometimes you'd see you know fans doing it. So you wonder what are you doing on your phone, mate? Yeah, this it's... is this is a pretty intense game, and then. Then you see him and he's just watching and just doing stats and he's earning some money for it. There's some of that that if you get anything wrong, then you're oh, either, you, you can get be hot water. like highly penalised, can't you? Mm. They don't they don't like mistakes. Yeah, they don't they don't enjoy mistakes because um, you know so, there's people relying on these services, mate. You know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. But I've stalled you enough there. You've had plenty of time to think about how many times. What was the question? How many times have Albion hit the woodwork? Is it higher or lower than eight? Lower. Lower, you're right. They've hit the woodwork seven times this season. 
Yeah, they didn't really shoot that much, did they, under Pioli? So that was no. that, that's what I was basing that off. Yeah, fair point, fair point. So yeah, there you go. That's that's that segment for you, anyway, Joe. Hope you enjoyed that. Hope oh, it was a nice. It was, it was all right. That was a nice bit of light yeah, relief. Yeah, yeah well, made myself look a bit of a fool in the uh, Evans. Uh, been a, yeah, been a cool, like he's controlled a cool, cool head, balance. A cool no, head, but maybe not. Seven bookings, but we'll move on, we'll move on, Joe, we'll move on. Um, what now for Albion? It seems like we're just delaying the... It's, it is a matter of delaying the inevitable yeah. now. It's very, very unlikely that we're going to see Albion even, you know, make it entertaining whether they're going to get out of this mess that they're in. But it's the international break now. Burnley at home after that. Uh, is now the time when you really should be playing the kids and look to plan ahead? Yeah, you got to plan ahead. you got to plan ahead. Sam Field's got to be starting games now. Mm. Um, he seems to be very much the closest and to, to, to being involved with the youngsters. And Alan's been speaking about him and the, the kind of impact that he's made and seeing him being a big player for the future of the club. Of course, whether Alan's there for it, uh, <laughs> probably not. Yeah. But... Um, <laughs> The uh, yeah, Sam he's he needs to be playing. He needs to be playing games, and you know the likes of Krichoviak. Is there any point playing them now um, when he's not going to be here next season? Mm. Uh, you need to start looking at the players that are going to be here. I think and um, Claudio Jacob strikes me as one that's got to be kept on. Play him in the middle of the park with um, with Field. I'd carry on playing Chris Bruns because he's another one that. Of course, has triggered a twelve-month contract extension there, so he mm-hmm. will be here next season, and uh, he's got to be playing as well to kind of help field along as well as Jakob, helping him along as well. And yeah, it's there's no, there's, there's no point kind of going with players. I don't think that are not going to be here. Uh, I do think Kuchaviak's been a, a little bit harshly harshly dealt with, but uh, at the same time, he's not going to be here come come the summer. So mm. what's the what's the point playing him? Because you've got to kind of prepare in some way for next season. Oliver Burke should be playing every week now as well. Now he's raw, but he's only going to get better by playing games. Mm. So get him ready for next season. Give him game time. I'd keep I'd keep James McLean around as well. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd get him in the team. And I know they went for the kind of the three five two on Saturday, and he did it worked out okay. You know, for the for the most part, but. Mm. Kind of, I think they just need to kind of let the shackles off a bit now. I'd perhaps even just go for an old school four four two or a four five one, and um, yeah, play play some play some of the younger players, play some of the players that you see in the long term future of the club. Um, yeah, that, that's all they can do now is just prepare for next season. Next season's going to be tough, mm. and. The worry is you don't you don't want to end up like a Sunderland like sort of I don't think mean, they will because they're not in the financial trouble that Sunderland were and mm. are. They're not gonna lose all of the players, I don't think, like Sunderland pretty much did. They you know, they lost their only kind of goal scorer in Defoe and yeah. then they had Graben who was scoring the goals they lost him and didn't have the money to sign anybody else. I mean, when when you looked at Sunderland signings in the summer, mm. I think they signed James Vaughan from Berry, and then he was off in six months. And then they signed, I think it was um, Adam McGeady from from Preston. I think it was McGeady did well for Preston last year. He's just he's not. You just it's hard in a side like that Sunderland. Yeah, side you, you saw those calibre of kind of signings though, and they weren't really 
you know, there's kind of bringing in players for five hundred thousand pound here and there, and he just thought mm, they're going to struggle. Doesn't compare to the likes of what Wolves and Villa did over the summer. That's well, safe that's, to say. that's it. But it took it took them both a while to get it right. Mm. Probably take Albion a while to get it right. Might take a few months. Might take a season of just you know working out the division because Albion have got players who've been there and done it before. Brunt's won two promotions from the Championship. Um, with Albion and for me should be captain next season mm. um, of course served as captain for three years 2011 to 2014 until Darren Fletcher came along and then Johnny Evans came along after that Yeah, um, Evans most likely being gone in the summer I think you've got to give the armband back to uh, to Chris because he, he knows albeit he hasn't played for the, in the division for a long time he knows what it's all about he's been successful in the division mm even if he's not going to play every game. I think he deserves the armband. He, he strikes me as the dressing room leader. Yeah, um, and you touched on it. There's no point now in playing players like Krakowiak and even to, I mean, the Lonies obviously, but then there's the likes of Gareth Barry who's, I mean, he's, he looks like he's he's pretty much done. I mean, he could yeah. play another season, but he could could well retire. Yeah. The likes of Johnny Evans, as you say, very likely to be leaving. Craig Dawson, he's been a great servant, but another one who... Will undoubtedly have suitors. Yeah, Kieran Gibbs is another one. Even I mean, there's so many players there who you think they might not be here next season. Is there any point in sticking them out there and putting them on the pitch, other than to say goodbye to the fans? Yeah, I mean, if you take them all out, then I suppose. I not, mean, you're dealing with bare bones. There, yeah, you're dealing with bare bones. I suppose you've got to pick and choose to an extent. But um, yeah, Krichaviak, um I think he'll keep Evans in the team just just for the fact that he is the captain. Mm. Uh, Kieran Gibbs he's pretty much the only left-sided defender that they've got these days so he'll probably carry on there but you know the likes of I think you've got to kind of lay down the goal for some of the players as well mm. that um, Matt Phillips being one we know he's a player that's got talent and he's, he's, done it, he's done it in the championship before but you've got to kind of say to him either come out now and earn yourself a move or come out and show why you can be a good player for us in the Championship because at the moment he's doing neither and um, I know he nearly scored on Saturday but he's mm. you know, been far below par this season. At one point he was one of the best crossers in the league for me, yeah. for, for, for Albion. He seems to have a right good delivery on him. When he's on it and he's direct and aggressive... Yeah, you know, he's, he he's been really backing is... out of challenges, hasn't he, recently? Yeah. Do you reckon that's a that's a matter of I'm looking to manoeuvre a way out of Albion? I don't want to hurt myself or I don't want to you know, do anything which could compromise. I don't know, I don't know who he'd have, he'd have, him. He'd have him at the moment, though. We've always, we've always played. Uh, you know, but there's a lot of you know wingers in the league and you know there's a lot that have done a lot more than Phillips this season mm. and I don't, I don't know what kind of fee that you could command for him at this stage now he was good was it last season but he's, he's been he's been terrible this season mm. so I don't know what kind of fee that they could command for him really and um, yeah as we say we just, there just needs to be kind of preparing for next season Sam Field is the one that mm. needs to be playing more games as does Oliver Burke that those two players especially Need to be in the team now, and needs to be preparing for next season because Burke's done it in the Championship before as well. Yeah, that's he's what played before us. Yeah. That's that's what got him the move to Leipzig, and then got him moved to Albion. It seems like a lot of expect expectations been perhaps unfairly placed on his shoulders because mm. he had 
obviously six good months with Forest, and then he gets snapped up by you know a top German club, and then gets sold for fifteen million to Albion. Yeah, um, that price tag, you know, it's, it puts a lot of expectation yeah. instantly on a player, doesn't it? Yeah, unfairly so, unfairly so. I do feel a bit sorry for him, to be honest. And um, I think he's got to come out in these last few games of the season, just find his feet a little bit, because he hasn't really had a proper run of games. Mm. So get, give him a run of games, six or seven games, and um, get him prepared for, for next season. Yeah, I suppose the only other way to think about it from an Albion perspective is if you play the players who you're looking to move on in the summer, they might play themselves into some form and then you can you know knock a couple million quid on top of their price tag yeah yeah that's that's the other thing I, I think you, you look at the players that there's, there's probably going to be about five six seven off in the summer of course mm. ba- Barry and Kuchaviak for dif- differing reasons are, are going to be well Kuchaviak's arm comes to an end and Barry may well retire or, or we'll have to wait and see on that one but you'd suspect that Dawson Evans probably Livermore Maybe and then kind of maybe's on Rondon and Rodriguez and Higazi mm. as well. Gibbs being another one that's probably going to be off. Yeah. So you kind of have to play a few to kind of, as you say, perhaps whack their price up a couple of million quid. But at the same time, when you're going down, uh, uh, you've gone down in such a manner, I think you're going to have to kind of cut your losses on a few players. Mm. Um, I think you're in a vulnerable, posi- vulnerable position as well. Other clubs realise you're trying to get these players off your hands, mm-hmm. and um, you know you want to you want to reduce the wage bill going into the championship. So, yeah, I think it's uh, I think Albion may have to you know do a couple of uh, cut price deals, you know, yeah. so selling players for perhaps a little less than what they'd be worth, you know, in a couple of years ago. Yeah, you never know, Pulis McBorough might be interested. Yeah, couple of, couple of the old players, you know, bring them back <laughs> I'm in. Not, I'm not I'm not so sure. I'm not so sure whether he would be. I don't, I don't know what players had kind of fit in at Borough. Of course, he likes you know, Dawson, Evans, you know these big strapping defenders that he's always liked. But mm. I think they'll both get Premier League moves. Whether Borough get promoted through the playoffs, that might that might you know influence yeah. things. But if they're still in the Championship, I don't know. I can't see you know many making the job mm. one or two at most. Yeah. So we'll move on. We normally have predictions now. We still do have predictions, but it's not. For an Albion game, it's for the England games, which are coming up this weekend. England, of course, two friendlies, Holland and Italy. Uh, we'll start with the Holland game. Holland, not in the World Cup? What is going on there? Well, neither are Italy, are they? And yeah. it's, it's, uh, it just seems to be, to me, when I heard these friendlies were announced... So England are preparing for a World Cup by playing two teams who are not in the World Cup. Yeah. Well, you'd imagine, that, judging by their names, yeah, you'd think they would be in there. Yeah. But it's absolutely shocking that, for, for me anyway, for someone I, at my age, I mean, I'm a little bit older than you, I'm 28, these teams have always been in these competitions. Yeah. They've yeah. always been great teams. But Holland, I mean, all kind of fell apart from didn't it? And I'm actually predicting England to get a win against Holland. It's in Holland, isn't it, though? mm it's at the Amsterdam Arena. Is it Koeman's first game? Could well be. Could be his first game. Couldn't he? Could Koeman... I, I, to be completely honest with you, Joe, I wasn't even aware that Koeman had been brought into the Holland job. I, that's how little I've heard I, of Holland. Have I dreamt that? I don't know. But either way... I might have dreamt that. No, no. That, that's happened, I that's, think. Well, either way, that Holland side, questionable at best. Yeah. The, the, they've kind of done the opposite to England and I know England's not been great but England kind of tossed aside the 
the experienced players, the players who were past the best of the Roonies and mm. James Milners and people like that. But pretty sure Iron Robin is still turning out for him or has yeah. hardly just retired. Still probably some big names there, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's all, always the question mark of that Dutch team was the, was the defence. Van Dijk, of course, they've got. I'm not sure who the keeper is these days. Mm. Um, I don't know that... Normally, I've like someone like Stecklenburg. No, I know they, I know they crawl for him for a is little that while. Barcelona lad, Silison is he? Yeah, the, yeah. The, a real player. Oh, I don't know. I'd, maybe they're probably as a, a, a close aside to England. Maybe as you'll find mm. um, in that the the kind of even though England have made it to the the World Cup, the these sides are probably at their lowest point in the past you know, 15, 20 years mm. probably be a close game but I think being the home factor I've got, I'm kind of tipping it towards towards Holland Fair play and Italy uh, this one at home for England I think this has got a, a, you know it's written on the wall already it's going to be a draw just because of it. Italy typically a, a very strong defence yeah. England will struggle to unlock them I mean both sides might nick a goal but I can just see this one ending. Chiellini celebrating sliding tackles like 30-yard screamers again at Wembley, won't he? Yeah, exactly, mate, exactly. <laughs> I love that about him because, you know, he's a proper, proper defender, isn't he? Mm. Proper old school. He, ma- he makes a tackle, you know, and then Buffon makes the saves. You know, they're, they're high-fiving each other, gene each other on. And mm-hmm. If only you know, England had somebody like that in their defence. Yeah. Chiellini he's, he's top notch I like, I like him yeah um, but again with Italy their um, their attacking force isn't what it used to be mm. and again I'm not not really sure who, who leads the line for them these days well there's loads of questions asked because I mean the likes of Insigne didn't even get on when they needed a goal and he was in great form when um, when they were struggling to qualify He's a player that wouldn't get in under Tony Pioli. So, and he's, oh, no who are these, what, how tall is he? Five foot, five foot three, five foot four. I mean, yeah, he's a, he's a bit shorter than, than us two, mate. And we're, <laughs> we're, we're what six two, six three. You know, respect. But he's he's one much shorter, mate. He's a good player. But Javinko was decent as well. Another short, another short player, decent. Player. Yeah. Playing in the MLS, so you know it's hard to judge. Well, yeah. The, one for Albion fans. Jay Simpson's playing in the MLS, so you know if you if you. Yeah, you haven't got to be the best player to play over there. But mm. uh, yeah, Italy will go two one Italy. There we go. How about that? You know, the losing, well, ever, ever the optimist. Mate. The losing, ever, but, ever the optimist. Uh, well, I'm, I'm, I've just got this run or rut, you could call it, that any team I tend to cover, they mm. just tend to lose. Yeah. Um, Telford not in great form. Joe's, Tel- Joe's ordinary club, Telford not in great form. Not in great form. Third bottom in National League North. I covered covered them uh, last week. Three 0 loss. Uh, before that, I did a Warsaw game. Three 0 loss for them at home, and then of course went to Bournemouth on Saturday. Lost that. So I'm not on a great one of form at the moment. That being said. I've done a few Shrewsbury games this season and uh, they're unbeaten with uh, me in Pulling the, up uh, trees, mate. In the Shropshire Star hot, hot seat. So, you know, it's not it's not all doom and gloom. Uh, but it would have been nice, wouldn't it, to have just done the one Albion game mm. and got a win. Yeah. It would have been, you know, Let's get let's get Joe back, you know. Yeah, he, that's he, it. He inspired, you know, get get some get him to win and Yeah, but 
Wasn't to be, mate. More of the same. More of the same. Wasn't to be. So, international break now. Uh, Hopefully, you uh, Albion fans out there enjoy a little bit of a break. Joe, I'm sure you will. Thanks for joining us today. Yeah, I'm I'm off. I'm off the weekend. Oh, very nice. Rare weekend off. So, I'm off off to uh, Dublin this week. Oh, how about that? Going out to Dublin, you know, just... Just miss Paddy's day, but I'm sure you'll celebrate. but But I'm sure there'll be, you know, a few... Irishmen still celebrating. The after parties, mate, they last a year round oh, right here. Oh, fantastic, yeah. So we're going there and then off off at the weekend. So, yeah, it's a, it's, it's a rare weekend off for me. And uh, I'm sure I'll enjoy it. I'll put my feet up. Yeah, well, I, I don't have a weekend off, mate. I'll be working from the office, you know, just covering games. But hopefully, hopefully it's a good weekend for the clubs that are playing. But Albion fans, just got to wait for Burnley now. Uh, so, as always, guys, we'll... Uh, We'll, uh, we'll uh, keep um, keep talking Albion week in, week out, and fingers crossed we'll get a win against Burnley soon enough. But we'll catch you before then next Monday.